Okay, Sarah, thank you very much. And I am looking now at a set of notes with a research briefing from a set of experiments that we've been conducting for some time. As you probably know, the topic here is how important is relevance in your PPC advertising. And really, we want to dig down and look beneath the common knowledge that's out there by the various search engine uh, experts as it relates to relevance and the construction of your campaigns. We've tried some creative things that we thought might help us manipulate the relevance feature in such a way as to maximize the profit potential of a given campaign. Along the way, we've discovered things about the motivations of the user that can impact the plan and think about your entire paid search campaign strategy. I'm on the line with many of our staff members, uh, more than I can probably uh, announce at this point, but I would like to point out that uh, Aaron Rosenthal, who is the Director of Channels Research and is an uh, absolute expert on paid search and conducts a lot of the experiments that we're going to be talking about today and many others, is going to be joining me from time to time. And you'll have an opportunity to query Aaron regarding uh, your paid search questions and uh, myself as we move through this program. You have in front of you also the, the uh, question and answer feature that will allow you to uh, fire questions over here. We will watch those carefully and do our best to try and get answers to you. If it's a technical question related to the presentations, uh, you know, um, then function, then the customer service will try to answer that for you. But if it's a question related to content, we'll do our very best. There, we expect uh, many hundreds of people on the line uh, today, so we'll try to move through this and at various times pause and answer your questions. Sarah has already mentioned to you that you can mute your phone using star six currently over in lecture mode, and so we're going to proceed. So again, I want to ask the question, how important is PPC relevance, and how can you manipulate it to your advantage while maintaining a positive ROI? Now, I want to say that's particularly important, not just because of the set of experiments that we have going on right now related to understanding relevance, but also from our own business experience, I would like to actually reference something that's not in any of the presentations, so if you're on my staff now, don't panic. I, I'm not looking for any <laughs> new slides. But it brings to home why this is so important to me. I know that Aaron oversaw a project where we quickly grew a business unit through paid search so that it was very, uh, very, very uh, profitable for the, the parties involved. It was a good product, and we studied it carefully, and we launched a very uh, carefully crafted paid search campaign that outperformed the existing paid search campaign, and we saw revenue rise over 1,156% in the 12-month period based on this. And what's fascinating to me is that since that time, we've stayed involved, and as people saw how successful or perceived how successful the operation was, they came online, and competition for the search terms grew increasingly uh, you know, more difficult. And so we were left with this uh, negative arc of diminishing returns on what was a stellar paid search campaign. And it forced us to keep asking for new ways to outthink the competition. And while we we're doing so primarily from an academic standpoint, trying to understand how to optimize paid search campaigns, we could feel, and I, I mean this in a somewhat facetious way, but you could feel the pain of the, of the provider, of the merchant, uh, who was trying very hard to sustain the large profit margins that he had initially with his offer. It became increasingly difficult which is, by the way, uh, a reason why many of you should think about using your paid search, even if you're a retailer, to create residual income streams so as to gain uh, a residual base that is growing while the value of paid search uh, becomes less and less uh, while it diminishes due to competition and market changes. Now, Aaron doesn't know I'm going to say this, but I watched him counter this very difficult situation and these challenges, just with one brilliant move after another, a lot of it having to do with relevance. And then I realized from looking across the battery of research partners that we've worked with in the past and from our conferences and events at Sherpa, 
that so many people, many of you that are on the line right now probably represent companies who have found it increasingly hard to sustain strong profits or competitive advantage in the paid search engines. They are essentially an auction-based marketplace. Now, I know there's differences, but in the end, the, the, the brilliant designers of the paid search system are doing everything possible to extract as much money out of your pocket as they can. And it gets harder and harder to sustain profitability in the engines. So what do you do? Part of what we're going to show you in case studies is some of the things that we've tried to try and counter that. Some did not work. They were, they were experiments, but they're very interesting. And along the way, we want to break relevance down and study two components. So having said all of that, I'd like to get right into the first case study. This is an experiment we conducted for an industry-leading subscription-based site. The goal to determine the ad with the highest click-through to the subscription offer page. That's a simple study. Here's what we discovered. Look at the three ads. I'm impressed, by the way, this group. Uh, I was unrelated to this. I was on the phone with one of the top one of the leaders recently, uh, in fact, just, just earlier today from this company, and I'm impressed with what he's been able to do um, because Britannica is competing against uh, Wikipedia and all kinds of free offerings. They're an old brand with enormous challenges, and and it really requires some strategic thinking, and they're working through that. I'm not saying that they've got it all figured out at all, but uh, they've made some smart moves recently in terms of testing and implementing, and there's more that they want to do. So here's an examination of a case study related to their group. Three ads. You see the control? Most of you had, I would assume, you've, you're already certified in online testing through our program. You should be familiar with control and treatment and treatment two. And if you study the treatments, you should notice the difference. While you're watching the line, please use your uh, question and answer feature and tell me what's the prime difference between the treatment one and treatment two. If you've had our certification, you'd know it's a value. What is the value in this particular single factorial test? All right, good. Liz, you, you nailed it. And uh, and you did it fast. Congratulations. That was I'm I'm going to tell your last name, Liz Jacobson. Uh, kudos to you. There's some others coming in. All right. Good. Good. Uh, Nadia and Susan and Rob and Lee and Trevor. All right. Some of you are picking it out. The key value here. This is a single factorial test. It's obviously something similar to what you would call AB, although it's ABC. And it doesn't employ our patented variable cluster, or uh, I guess it's patent pending, Allison. I always mess that up. Our, our our variable cluster approach, but it's just a single value, and that value we're testing, of course, is the headline. Now, the rest of the ad is identical. So, somebody, again, because I know many of you are students, please tell me exactly what the research question is. Identify the research question. I want to see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to watch across the entire Internet and see. I mean, we have 430,000 marketers or marketing addresses from people that, you know, are customers and students. And Yes. You see, you, 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 you got it perfect. All right. I can tell many of you that are putting your answers in right now, if, if you're, if you're, if you're not starting this research question with the word which, W-H-I-C-H, then you're not, you're, not, you're not crafting a proper research question for single factorial design. And that's one of the things that we teach. Very fast, very good. Uh, congratulations on, a, on the precise answer. And don't feel bad if you don't get it right. I've had many PhDs. Uh, I've put them through the same thing and found that they, they, don't, they don't know how to craft proper question for this particular kind of testing in an online setting. Let's move on. Let's look at look at the other facts. For each treatment, the ad copy remains constant, only ad titles are different. The search phrase, and this is important, contains the keywords Britannica and Encyclopedia. Now, I've noticed the spelling of Encyclopedia, and I want to ask my team right now on the phone, you're, you're, Aaron, you can answer, or anyone else involved in this, 
was the spelling the spelling I see here in blue, or was it encyclopedia as it is in the actual name of the organization? Bob Kimper, you're uh, probably online. If you can answer that, please do also. Now we're in lecture mode, so I, I, I'm assuming uh, the term you guys that can talk. Go ahead. Hi, Florence. This is Aaron. Uh, yeah. The term that was used was the English spelling of encyclopedia, no A E D I A. Um, that was the uh, the term that we were driving traffic for this particular campaign. Interesting. And so the actual proper spelling is the one that we have below, but uh, you recognize, I assume, that most people would not be would not search under that spelling. Is that correct? That's correct. And there were certain limitations to the terms that we could use, and that was one of the limitations but, uh, okay. that's not noted here in this test. Okay. All right. So there we are with the 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 three ads. And you're looking now at the headlines of the three ads below that, and I'm asking you a question. Perform the best. Please, I'm going to ask you to vote. You'll, we'll number these, one, two, three. John, actually change it. Number it right there on the screen. No, you can't right now the way the mode you're in. But one is Britannica, two is Britannica sets, and three is 2007 Britannica set. One, two, three. I'm watching. Three, says Andrew. All right. Three, there's a lot of threes coming in. Three, three, John, Nadia, Mary. Rob, Kevin, John, Vandy. All right, look at all the threes. A few ones. John is saying one. Uh, Todd is saying one. Uh, clearly, uh, we'll done the statistics afterwards, but the threes have it at present. All right, let's look at the data set. Let's see what we discover. Here we have one, two, three. Um, I can see why everyone picked three. I, I can see it. it seems so many of you picked three. The idea of new 2007 set would be appealing. But the ad title that included the word encyclopedia generated 147% more clicks than uh, those that did not. Now, that was tightly controlled in a well-run test with strong validity. That's very, very interesting. Most of us know that we need to link the relevance of our, you know, our search term and, say, the headline and ad. We understand it's important, but I don't sometimes realize if we recognize how significant it really can be and how nuanced it is, especially when you're dealing with a major brand. So we know that search engines consider relevance uh, of, of the search terms than the ads when making placement decisions. But is the importance of relevance limited only to ad placement? Now, I want to talk about relevance. I want to answer that, but I, I want to talk about it, and I, I'm going to surprise you, and what I'm going to say is I, I don't think you're going to find anywhere else, so uh, feel free to, to work it out and test it for yourself. I want to talk about relevance in two concepts, and I, and I want to do it starting with something that's typically quite cliched in a presentation, and that's a definition. Uh, but nevertheless, it's, it's, it's germane to us now. You'll notice there's an A and B in the first uh, answer to relevance by Merriam-Webster. It's a relation to the matter at hand. It's practical and especially socially applicable. Uh, so there, there, there's two ways to think about it. And then look at number two. It's the ability to retrieve material that satisfies the need of the user. Now, I think that even though we've arrived at relevance here in two ways, we did so without the benefit of the Webster Dictionary or the Merriam-Webster Dictionary to give their brand full, uh, full play, but there is some connection between their two definitions and the two we want to make in terms of the marketing aspect of relevance. We want to talk about relational relevance and necessity relevance. And we want to discuss this from the standpoint of relevance as it occurs on the page and relevance as it occurs in the mind of the user. And you must understand this. It's the most common mistake I see when marketers are trying to understand what's happening in their campaigns and they're working on conversion. Most of the battle is fought not on the page but in the mind of the user. And if you think only about what appears on the page and you do not think through the mind of the user, you're going to make um, decisions that are, are that are inaccurate. 
Relational relevance has to do with the core relevance between the actual word. It's about spelling. It's about letters on a page. It's about having the exact search term. In other words, the, the term golf ball in the search term and the term golf ball in the headline. There's an oversimplified illustration. But necessity relevance is a kind of relevance that occurs between your offering and the need that's emerging in the mind of the person conducting the search, the candidate or the prospect. And do you know that you can have relational relevance without having necessity relevance, and so then you might get click-through, but no conversion. Almost all the writing out there is about relational relevance, but you've got to have a way to get inside and understand necessity relevance. In our landing page certification course, we teach this in depth. I can touch it today and talk about data, but even in touching it, I think I can give you concepts that will help you. And so let's, let's look at another experiment. In this second case study, we conducted an experiment for the publisher of a very large national newspaper. The goal was to increase traffic and consequently subscription signups. The paid search campaign already employed all perceived high relevance terms so that finding new traffic had really proven to be a challenge. Now, stop and think about that for a moment because that's the place many of us are in. It's, it's very difficult to find new sources of traffic once we've optimized those keywords, and then those keywords become so competitive that we're often forced right out of our position. And the worst part about it is that many times we don't even realize how unprofitable our campaigns are until we've lost money for some specific period, and it starts to show up. Then we dig back in deep and discover something's wrong. These conditions change constantly, and competition can intensify overnight. So what do you do? Well, we asked a broad research question. Now you understand this is not the tactical, this is not the research question beginning with which, this is not a single factorial test design. You don't get to that question, that core research question until you've asked broader questions and normally. And, and here's the broader question. We began to wonder, is it possible to buy high traffic keyword phrases? Now get that, high traffic and inexpensive that are indirectly related to the product and use them to generate qualified leads for the company subscription. Now, that's very important. So we're thinking, all right, can we outmaneuver the, com the, the competition here by buying large, you know, uh, large sources of stream traffic coming to specific keyword searches that are indirectly related but that might still yield a conversion because that, in the mind of the consumer, the buying opportunity exists for whatever it was we were selling, in this case, a subscription. So, for instance, would it be possible to increase qualified traffic for a site that promotes hybrid cars by using the keyword phrase global warming? Now, that's a little less direct. Let me give you another example. I don't, I don't know if I can, how direct, but suppose that you wanted to sell a subscription to a newspaper. Could you... Could you attract potential subscribers by advertising for keywords about the hottest news story at the moment? So, you know, people very interested in Iraq, for instance, or a specific event in Iraq would go to search and they'd encounter a paid ad for a subscription that was customized to that particular term. So our concern was that while the keyword phrase was related to the ad, because we were using keyword insertion, Aaron, not everybody here knows what keyword insertion is. Would you take a moment and explain that? I know you're on sure. I'll give you a second. Sure. Go ahead. Sure. Keyword insertion is simply taking the, the search for phrase or keyword itself, uh, whatever was typed into Google, Yahoo, um, whichever search engine, I don't want to leave them out, uh, and inserting that into either the, the keyword title or the keyword body of uh, the particular ad solicitation. Okay. Okay. Very good. So it's, it's, it's more or less an automated function. And... And through keyword insertion, uh, our concern was that while we could get relevance to the ad, it might not be really relevant to the motivation of the person searching for those terms. Now, I don't want to get too complex here, but those of you that are familiar with our conversion index know that there's uh, something called motivation that's in our formula that we apply to optimize conversion. C 
equals 4M plus, and it goes on and on. Motivation is the highest, most significant element in this formula. The coefficient is 4. It's twice as important as anything else that we have. So we already knew that the motivation of the user. Now, why am I talking about that? Because it's closely related to necessity relevance. Now, with that in mind, we were worried that we might actually achieve relevance on the page but not relevance in the mind. I, w I want to say that again because I feel it's so important to get some clarity to you on a, on a topic that's a bit nefarious. We thought we might get relevance on the page. There'd be a keyword in the ad that matched a keyword in the landing page, but not relevance in the mind of the person who was viewing the page. So we ran a test. And um, let's look at it. Look at this test. And Aaron, I'll just let you take a moment and explain what we're looking at. Sure. On this page, uh, what you're seeing is those those keywords that are directly related to uh, to the core product, whether it be online newspapers or online newspaper. Uh, the in this in this instance, we had to we had to alter the the ad copy uh, to protect a brand. But uh, the particular ad here is uh, Jacksonville Times Online, the Jacksonville Times Online Edition special special offer, one week free trial. Uh, www.jackstimesee.com and the particular landing page that was related to that offer. And what you're what you'll find here is that these are the highly what this is a representation of are these highly relevant key terms to the particular offer that we're uh, we're serving them. All right, so this is what it looked like. This is page relevance. This is this is what we call relational relevance. All right, let's go on. Now let's look at the indirectly keywords. Aaron, go ahead and explain this. Sure. In this instance, we were we were keyword targeting uh, several high, uh, very uh, newsworthy uh, events that were going on: Lebanon, Iraq, FIFA World Cup. In this in this particular case, it would it would say uh, Lebanon news, the Jacksonville Times Electronic Edition, nine ninety nine a month, and those those actually are. are are two of the creatives that we use, but we were using them uh, simultaneously for both. But we were using the same creative for both ads. So just uh, to to be clear here, even though we're show, we're displaying two different ad uh, versions, they were uh, they were the same during this during this test. And again, they were going to the to the landing page that had worked so well for the uh, the highly relevant key terms. So now, if where it says keyword world, I'll I'll, I'll mouse over that. You should see that. That was, you know, we inserted Lebanon or Iran or, uh, you know, the World Cup or Zidane or Rivero. Those were all in this space. Then this was the ad, and then we took them. Now it wasn't, an, it was a, it wasn't even a local newspaper, and I think that's important. It was a, it was a major international newspaper, so you would expect uh, it to be particularly uh, germane to the kinds of readers. All right, all that being equal, um, let's start to move and see what happens. So we found that with just the indirectly related key terms, we could generate another 500,000, another half million impressions. That's significant, and it was very inexpensive. But the question is, would the offer on the landing page be relevant enough to the needs of the searcher? Now, we didn't expect it would be as relevant. All it needs to be is relevant enough to ROI the, the, the effort. We would expect that if you came in in the engine searching for an electronic edition of the Jacksonville Times, you saw that as the you know, search term and then as something connected to in the headline and you clicked on it, you'd be more likely to buy a subscription to the electronic edition of the Jacksonville Times than you would if you saw an ad uh, that said find out you know, the, what's happening in the Iraq XXX or something about Iraq or Lebanon, etc. But the sense was here are people who are hungering for news. Let's encounter them with an offer that will allow the news on the particular topic they're most interested to be delivered right to their computer every day. It's a good test. Let's see what happens. Well, the indirectly related terms came in at 2.23, huge click-through rate. 
the directly related terms came in at 1.75%. A lot less people clicked on the directly related terms. So, I mean, on the left column only, we had a smashing success. 2.23%, 1.75%, the unrelated versus the related, there's a difference here that's dramatic, and, uh, and it resulted in lots of inexpensive traffic. But what was the bottom line in terms of revenue? Well, the indirectly related keyword terms yielded an average CTR of 2.24%. However, the conversion rate decreased from an average of 0.8 for directly related terms to less than 0.01%. So despite increased click-through, the indirect key terms did not drive subscriptions. They were unproductive for us. Now, we need to just stop, and I want to point out something to you that are, are becoming part of the whole marketing experiments testing culture. Getting this result did not make anybody here go to the person in charge of the test and say, look, you know, you're wasting our time. This didn't work. Try to work this out next time with a test that's going to produce something. We wasted a lot of money here. There was no money wasted. There was no time wasted. We got a result, and the result is full of insight. And we use that insight to dramatically grow the publication that we're talking about right now. Let's look at it as it bears on relevance. So, in order to obtain a high page ranking, we know we have to use relational relevance. Remember, relational relevance happens on the page. This gives us a high quality score, and I, I don't know whether we should define high a quality score. Uh, I think most of you are familiar with it. I, I want, it's very difficult to determine the sophistication level of each of these, you know, online briefings. I'm going to assume you are at least intermediate level and understand Google. I will indulge a one-minute explanation of quality score from Aaron, and then we'll talk about something that you might not understand even if you're advanced. Go on, Aaron. Sure. Quality score is, is, is simply... Speak a, a little louder, too, Aaron. Some, a, a few yeah. people have said it's harder to hear you. Okay, okay. Uh, quality score is just a, it, it's a, uh, it's a calculation that the search engines use of how well your keyword or how well your ad meets the, uh, the, the needs of the person searching for a particular phrase. So it's how, how your ad relates to, to a phrase. Now, there's other elements that did now come into quality score, but in the, the simplest form, that's, uh, that's the best understanding. Well, then think about that now as we talk about necessity relevance. And I just want to stop as we do and just answer a couple of questions. Someone has said, for instance, and it's a good point. I think it's Jeff. They said um, perhaps the landing page was what was irrelevant. Maybe if the LP, the landing page, had an offer and keyword relevant to the news or IROC, success rate would have been higher. I think that's true. Uh, I think it could have been higher. Exactly You're exactly correct, um, and that's, that's, those were our assumptions after the test as well, and it also led us into the next test uh, that, uh, that we ran with that particular company. And I don't think we're going to discuss that test next, are we? We, we aren't in this particular example. Um, I can tell you the end because I know you might be interested. The story turned out significant. Uh, they continued to grow uh, dramatically, and but but we did find limitations in what paid search can do, and we'll we'll talk about that in some subsequent studies. All right, so let's look at the next paragraph on this page because it's very important. Uh, the real challenge here was not relational relevance; it was necessity relevance. It wasn't what's happening on the page; it's what's happening in the mind. Once you win the relational relevance game, and you know how you win it, you get a click. Then you have to win. The necessity relevance game, and you combat by getting a sale or a successful action. You know, in this case, we'll assume it's a sale. So, you must be very careful that the page copy satisfies the need inside the mind of the user. You've got to write ad copy that goes beyond keywords to the intent of the searcher, and you've got to understand that. Remember the statement about golf balls? If someone typed in a search term in that had something to do with golf balls, and you very carefully presented a book on golfing and what they're really thinking in their mind. You might have golf ball 
in the search term. You might have golf ball in the headline. And then you might discover the person comes, clicks, and doesn't buy, and you start to lose money because for some reason, either the way you phrased it, the actual full search term, or the full search term that you went after, the person coming to this was looking to purchase golf balls, not buy a book about golfing that has some clever title that includes golf ball. It's important to understand what's happening in the mind of the person coming through the process. And so you've got to focus on necessity and relevance. We teach about this in some of our uh, landing page certification work. But it's very important you think about that when you're designing. Aaron, is there anything you'd like to say about this step before I move to the to the next case study? No, I think it'll uh, it'll make even more sense uh, when you get into the next case study. Okay. All right. So um, let's look at the next case study. Here we conducted an experiment with a new company offering an innovative personality assessment in which the visitor receives an evaluation of their personal communication style. The goal was to obtain as many test completions as possible. And this entailed targeting specific demographic segments such as career-oriented adults, those in academia, and parents. That's the background. Now let's look at what we discovered. John, I'll turn that back over to you. All right. So what you're looking at on the left is an ad with no mention of career or career-related concepts. More or less, it's a landing page. And then on the, you'll see the, the ad itself from Google. And on the right, you'll see another landing page. And you'll see how the body copy reinforces the career objective. Is there anything you'd like to say about this? In fact, Aaron, was, did you design this or was Jimmy more involved in this piece? Uh, I ran the traffic piece. You run the traffic. Jimmy, are you? Let me see if I see that Jimmy's online. He's our director of optimization. I'm here. Jimmy, you you talk about this because I know you're engaged in the copy side. Go ahead. Um, for the, we actually did another brief on on this test, talking about the the long copy versus short copy, and what's working and, and what's not working. And and what we found is actually on the left hand side, that shorter page in this particular instance. Um, basically was converting to a completed uh, survey and personality profile compared to the long copy page. What you'll see about the long copy page on this particular one is that there is much more relevance to the content on the page than the one with almost no information, that short, sweet, very simple version on the left-hand side. So be careful about be careful about giving it away. I'm going to ask him to judge these pages in a moment too, Jimmy. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, it's just uh, it's very interesting to see, obviously, the results. So, that, I mean, basically, that's the two strategies, is, is short and sweet, and, and let's get people in the process. The other one was uh, the much more relevant version on the right-hand side. Good. All right. We may come back to it, Jimmy, if you want to explain more. Uh, they're both well-designed pages, and um, I know the outcome of the series of experiments and uh, Jimmy, what did we in, in, end up with overall? I don't mean this set of experiments, but total. What did we normalize conversion at overall when we got done? For this one, which is more of a lead capture, uh, I think it's around 35%. Yeah, it was unbelievable uh, what what we were able to do. Um, but let's keep going. So which page had a better conversion rate? Guys, you need to pick one or two. Let us know. So right now... Type in the page, and I'm talking about as it connects to that Google ad. This is page just one Google or ad. two, the left or the right, one or two. Just type it in, and we'll watch. All right, John, I need to move over there, friend. All right, I see two, two, one, two, two, one, 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 two, one, one, two, two, one, one, two, one, two, two. It's kind of neck and neck. Two, two. One 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 two one. Now, just because it would be very important here to see who wins in this marketing contest, I'm going to pick one person. There's Yanyi, and uh, there's Jeffrey. Yanyi's a one, and Jeffrey, you're a two. And uh, we're going to look now and see which one performed the best. So, Yanyi, you represent all the ones. Jeffrey, you represent all the twos. 
Here's the bottom line. No relevance, 28.23%. Relevant, 26.44%. Difference is negative 6.77%. Sometimes the motivation of the searcher is so great that it overcomes the increase in landing page relevance. In this case, yes. If I could real quick, uh, what I'd like to point out is that during the, the course of this test, which ran for some time, and, and uh, um, we saw several swings in which creative outperformed the other. Uh, so it, it led us to believe, really, that, that that the relevance was not nearly as strong as the motivation, which is, uh, I believe, the point that you're getting to. Yes. Yes, and, and this brings us to a huge piece. In fact, uh, take me to the next slide. And, Jimmy, I'd, I'd like you to feel free to jump in and talk about this topic. Sure. We, we'll serve, we're trying – listen, those of you that are on this – on this, uh, you know, a lot of you come in regularly. I think hundreds of you are repeat in in these web briefings. We do them twice a month. They kind of let you know what we're learning from our latest set of experiments. This index that's on this page, we have generated for our research partners, I just, I, I don't know what the total revenue is, but so many millions of dollars. And if you'll notice, the key factor here is M. Now, V is at three, so four isn't twice, as I said earlier. It's twice I and F, which is incentive and friction. All you need to know about this formula, we, it's from our, again, it's something we teach on optimizing landing pages. Is the M. This is this is the area that we're missing. Many of you know about communicating value propositions and reducing the number of fields. You're learning that. You did. Uh, it's amazing to me how fast the net has learned in the last 24 months. There are things that I was correcting 24 months ago that's it's, it's becoming standard research best practices for people. They they know not to do that. But but the average expert in paid search and in landing page optimization has not yet discerned how to truly use the M factor in this formula to increase conversion. Motivation needs in-depth understanding, and I can't do all of that right now, but I want to point out that motivation is closely connected to the necessity relevance, and that is to what's happening in the mind of the, of the person who's visiting or encountering the, the ad or the site. We've got to get inside of their mind. It's amazing to me. Uh, all right, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a moment. You'll have to forgive me. We misunderstand what it takes to be an effective marketer. We think we have to be tricky and persuasive. I'm not sure everyone believes that. In fact, I don't think anyone would admit that. But if you actually look at the copy that's been written, we try to be tricky and persuasive. Clever, tricky, catchy. You know, uh, we we got the word so carefully that we spin everything into a, you know into a, a certain feel. Quality marketing, apart from the pure ability to analyze the numbers and test, marketing is testing. Comes down to three pieces in this order. First is the integrity of the offer. Now, I, I'm not trying to talk about uh, spiritual values at this moment. What I'm suggesting to you is that. The offer from its beginning to its end, let's start earlier, from the ad through the offer to the buy to the experience of the product, there must be an integral consistency. Think of it in, as the word integrity and think of it as the word integrity when it comes to a structural design like a building. There should be no dissonance. You're losing in your pay-per-click ads. You're losing in your landing pages. We're losing whenever there's dissonance. Now, I find dissonance on my own landing pages. MarketingExperiments.com, Marketing Sherpa, we don't have all the answers, and even when we have them, we can't implement them as fast as we're learning. Plus, we, we test half a dozen. You may come to our site, see an offer page, and there may be four versions of that running, and you, you, you know, you're not looking at the model, the best one. But I, I despise deliberate dissonance, and I'm embarrassed when I find, you know, indirect or unintended dissonance. That's when what you're saying doesn't really match up. And dissonance occurs in the headline and runs all the way through. I just want to say actually being able to speak honestly is vital. And you can only do that if you have a product that deserves to be marketed. Some of you I have great empathy for because your companies are asking you to correct the product problem 
with a marketing solution. Your product should be the best solution for a given segment of the market. If it's not, why would you want anybody to buy from you? You're only serving them better by telling them where they should be buying instead of you. Take all that energy in your marketing and redirect it to improving your product. Now, that's not all. And, I, and I, Listen, and I don't mean this I, to sound... Um, I, I don't want to patronize you. I just would like to see marketing change on the Internet. We, we need not just to have this sense of, uh, of of honesty in all of the copy, but then the next level is is is, is clarity. This is where we lose. It's not because we weren't persuasive or tricky enough. It's because it's just not clear what we're getting or not getting. It's so every time I go to correct the process, I find clarity issues. I've, I've got we've got it on our own right now. Go back and get the clarity. Get it clear. Get it clear. Get it clear. So first of all, get the integrity there. Honesty. Clarity, and then comes persuasion. Persuasion matters. The words on a button matter. But there's a kind of authentic persuasion, a kind of legal persuasion that occurs when you have the other two components, honesty and clarity. If you get those three things right, you may not have the gift of, of beautiful writing or copywriting, but you can still communicate well enough to truly uh, build good collateral. If you match that with an understanding of channels analysis and testing, you, you'll be way ahead of the average marketer. I like so some of your writing in as I'm talking. I like your comments on this. Test, 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 test. Somebody's asking me, are the results we just presented statistically significant? Yes. We run confidence intervals and have a validity check system, and we test against not just distortion effects, but even history and instrument effects. Uh, another person said, Seth, Godin says that all marketers are liars. Uh, I'm not sure how to respond to that. But I'd like to be a marketer and not be a liar, and I aspire uh, to be different. And I I hope you do. And uh, so somebody else has said all marketers are angels. I'm not sure I could say that without becoming a liar in Seth Godin's earlier comment. But in any event... Let's do something different. You know, the thing about the Internet is it allows you to get honesty. You get the real results. They look you in the eye and you have to face them. Never before was feedback instantaneous. There's a chance to be different. There's a chance to – I mean, we – I know it sounds a bit melodramatic, but I'm not a young man full of fire to go off on some zealous you know, mission. I, I just am an, an older man getting weary of what I've seen around me, and can't we be different? Let's transform marketing. Let's do it differently. It'll, it'll, it'll show up in the numbers. All right. Now, um, I'd like to move on. <laughs> you need to know this, though, because it's going to impact what we're going to say next about motivation. We need to dig down deep and understand what people really want and give them that. And so then let's look a little bit at motivation. We're, we're running low on time. Your, your pay-per-click ad should be closely related to your key search terms. And the more closely they are, the more qualified your traffic is going to be. These are just some thoughts from what we've been talking about. Create a clear connection between the, the ad and the landing page. Uh, the most important thing on this paragraph is this letters in blue. I didn't write this paragraph, but I like it. Instant recognition. It's so vital. Instant recognition. You're trying to keep a process moving. This is very, very important. I don't know if you've realized this or thought about this, but there is this, uh, this, this momentum in the, in the cell. And at every point, there's a pause. You stand to lose this person. And so you want instant recognition. You don't want to present them too many options. You don't want too much uh, decision time in the process. So if your ad is about discounts and round trampolines, make sure they know instantly there's no dissonance between your ad and the headline. Eliminate dissonance. Eliminate dissonance and you will find clarity. Find clarity and you've got a stronger chance of getting real conversion. Then the other thing, and this is very important, monitor the competition. Your competitor's ad copy can provide key insights about what's working for them and in particular watch for changes. But let me warn you about something. You've got to think about your competitors in two ways. You've got to learn from them, but you really need to make certain that your focus is always on the customer, not on the competitor, 
and not on any other diversion. If you're the best at serving your customer and if you communicate it in the best possible way, you won't have to worry about much of your competitive, you know, many of your competitive threats. Jimmy and Aaron, you, you want to talk about anything on this page? Is there anything you'd like to add to this piece before we move on? Um, if not, just say something back spinal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think uh, Aaron uh, Aaron probably agreed that in probably 95 plus, if not more, percent of our tests, when we match these things up and we have uh, we, we tie relevance in with the motivation of the customer throughout the entire process. I mean, that, that's not only from add to to our keyword to add to landing page to completed order is to the second order and the third order and the fourth order. Uh, tying in the motivation of the customer and what's really going to help them based on the first product that, that they bought. If you're in a niche that has you know, it's not a one-off one purchase, it would require either maintenance or multiple products to give them a better solution. Um, when you tie this back in, the motivation of the user to the relevance, we, we always see increases, significant increases in conversion. Absolutely. And. And I, I want to suggest to you that there's a way to figure out the motivation of the user, and there's a way to study your channels completely different. We build a channels map, and then we extract from the channels map the user motivation uh, factors. You can figure out the attributes if you build a good channels map. Uh, it's one of the things that we teach, and we, you know, so that's very good. Aaron, any any other thoughts on this yourself? Yeah, I think Jimmy summed it up. Like, you know, as far as from the the traffic side, the channel side, uh, often targeting your your keyword inside the ad creative it will 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 generate the highest click through rate. But really, when you when you carry through that same uh, uh, theme or keyword onto the landing page, you're going to see the uh, the strongest conversion. All right. Now, I want to point out to this, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually move to the next page in a moment. I'm gonna just move it rapidly, and then I really want you to take a chance to ask your paid search questions. If you start putting them in here, we're gonna we're gonna invest every last moment here trying to answer questions that I think are relevant to you. I thought about even looking at your ads, but I think I can help you more in this case by talking and answering your questions. And besides, if I take this many people to the Google AdWord page you're going to actually end up paying for hundreds of clicks that you probably don't want to pay for. So let's move to the next page, and then I'm going to start answering questions. I've already got some. Uh, Steve, uh, Debold, I'm getting ready to answer your question, and, and I see others here that are coming in we're going to answer. All right, so on the next page, we'll only tell you the search engines are able to detect mainly relational relevance. But how is, how is it used in determining ad placement? All of the leading pay-per-click networks use algorithms that evaluate the relationship between keyword ad copy, bid, and in some cases, landing page to determine relevance. But each handles relevance differently, and it is essential to understand these differences when optimizing your paid search campaign for relevance. Under AdWords, you know, the AdWords raises or lowers minimum CPC and position based on ad relevance. And in order to calculate ad relevance, Google takes into account historic click-through rates ad text, bids, and landing page quality. But Yahoo utilizes a historical performance defined by click-through rate and bid amount to calculate ad relevance. And you can see the formula here. Unlike Google or MSN, Yahoo does not use landing pages to calculate relevance. You need to think about that when you're actually doing your study. MSN is very similar to AdWords in that it looks at maximum bid, click-through rate, and landing page quality. But MSN goes even a little further by considering landing page attributes and detects the presence of key terms on the landing page, whether it's in the copy or in the codes. So here's yes. Just to yes. interject, uh, if you if you were if you spotted that formula on the last page, the the the, uh, the Yahoo formula, that's not actually uh, that's not actually bid amount plus uh, historic performance. It's more of a, a theoretical uh, approach. Yeah, that's correct. It's not an actual formula. That is correct. That is correct. Anything else you guys want to say about this page? No, I think that was that okay. Was I'm I'm trying to move fast. Uh, just to all of you that are in the audience right now, because I, I want to help you get to the question section. But this stuff is important. And let's just mention, essentially, you're, there's some key things you should be asking. What are people searching for? How are they searching? How does my offer satisfy their specific needs? And how do I maximize the connection between their motivations and my offer? 
Uh, in the end, the real issue is this. What does the market want that I can deliver better than anyone else? If you get that right, you're going to find it's a lot easier to write your ads. Now, having said that, I'm going to go back up. Uh, somebody's asked, well, how does this relate to social media? I'll tell you this. If you saw any of our experiments, those are very preliminary. I've seen, uh, I saw one blog where they were asking, well, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? You've got to remember that was a very, very preliminary briefing. There's much more that we're working on. But I, I would suggest this. Uh, social media requires relevance and it requires or you will get blasted. It's worse in social media, This, the problem that you'll create if you're not relevant, than it is actually in the paid search engines. They take it personal in, in SMO or social media optimization. Um, let's look at another question. Uh, what happens, someone said. I'm going to look at this one. Uh, this was a que- I'm looking for a question I saw earlier. Here it is. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to let you answer this. If a keyword becomes very successful and creates much competition, should we deliberately stop using that word for a while? Uh, This is John. And, John, I think I understand your question. What do you do when it becomes uh, very successful and more competition occurs? I I would think your RI is going to answer that, but I'll let Aaron try to understand the question and answer it. Go ahead. Sure, John. I I think what you were trying to say is should we stop bidding on the keyword in an attempt to get others to stop bidding on it. Well, if they're profitable on it, they're probably not going to stop bidding on it, and I think you should take that same approach. Uh, bid on a keyword as long as you're profitable and the ROI maintains that you should be bidding on it. Uh, if it's a brand recognition thing, you should take that same approach with it. As long as it's accomplishing its objective, you need to continue taking that, that approach. Um, one of, what Flint was saying as far as uh, competitors following the, the trends that you've set is it's a copycat world, uh, this industry. So if if, some, if one of your competitors sees you're bidding on a phrase that they may not have thought of, they're going to try testing it. Uh, they're going to bid on that phrase and see if they can make a little money off of uh, off of that particular traffic. So I think that was what Flint's referring to, and hopefully that answered your question. If not, uh, please ask again. Good. Uh, excellent. Uh, someone else says, do you advise paying? Jimmy, or, Jimmy, you, you may want to answer this. And, uh, Jimmy, uh, either one of you, feel free to jump in. Whoever thinks they've got the best answer. Do you advise paying for one's own brand terms when these have top organic listings? Uh, I'm going to uh, – I already know what Eric, Aaron's answer is, and it's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most, most of the time, well, at least the, the test that I've been involved in and, and, and talking with Aaron multiple times, is typically your own brand name is some of, if not the most qualified and best keywords that you can have. And we see it over and over and over again where the big, especially big companies that you would think would be buying their brand names aren't. And, um, you know, some of the partners that we've tested, especially the big brand names, their keywords are some of the best converting that, that we've seen. I'll, I'll let Aaron uh, uh, verify that. I might be speaking uh Again, if, you, if you're not if you're not buying those terms, chances are your competitors are. Now, there's some uh, sometimes uh, you can you can uh, get your legal department to talk to Google, and and they will uh, eliminate certain uh, certain bidding, and and sometimes with Yahoo and MSN as well, uh, they'll they'll eliminate certain terms if they are trademarked. But again, you if you're not bidding on those terms, your competitors are going to be bidding on them, and uh, and you want to capture that market. And if, if, if for no other reason, it gives you it gives you an extra spot on, on the page. Uh, even if you're number one, and you're going to be there in that sponsored number one in that sponsored listing, presumably, it gives you that extra extra attention. And, and one typically does sh- uh, impact the other. Um, the chances are you, you'll get a higher click through rate in total. Um, you'll get more visitors in total because you've got those two listings on on one page, uh, versus just having the uh, the natural search result. Uh, here's a, by the way, I, I'm looking at some of the comments that have come in. You can go to actualme.com, A-C-T-U-A-L, actualme.com, to see this test that actually determines your communication style. Uh, it's, it's a neat site. It took 18 years to develop it. It shows you keyword pairs. I, I'm only mentioning it to you because the test is fascinating, and we are right now getting ready to run a series of experiments where if we understand your communication style, can we version content? directly suited or customized to your preference. Can I improve conversion by giving you a landing page that's very carefully suited to your thinking style or communication style? Moreover, 
Um, does this test actually help determine that? And we believe it does, and now we're interested in doing the next round of experiments, and that's actualme.com. You'll actually see the test. You should pay attention because in the, I guess, uh, you're going to come to a point where you think, I can't get conversion any higher. Maybe the next level is versioning your content. All right, so let's just look at a couple more questions, and we'll draw this two or three. There's some good ones here. Here's one that I don't know. Aaron, I'm going to leave this to you. Is it ethical to use your competitor's name in a keyword? Um, First of all, before you answer the ethical question, is it advisable? Is it advisable? Uh, it, it, it really, it, it's a, it's, it's a, it depends on the situation. Um, if your, if your competitor's key, if your competitor's name is uh, perhaps American Blinds. Uh, if uh, if you're in the blind business, and uh, American Blinds is a major manufacturer of, of, of uh, window blinds, if if that is your competitor's blinds, well, many people may just be searching for American Blinds with no uh, with no uh, realization that there's that there actually is a company called American Blinds or maybe even a website um, related to that and, and searching for that. If if it's uh, if it's Dell and they're bidding on Gateway or Gateway computers, you know, it's uh, that that's an ethics question. Um, that's an ethics question for you. Certainly, the search engines have taken the the standpoint that they uh, that they may terminate your ads if you're referring to Gateway computers and sending them and Dell is sending them to their site. Good, good. All right, all right. So let me just keep going real fast. Um, this is a question that may be um, it's quite related. On AdWords, you can bid on trademarks as long as you don't mention the trademarks in the ad. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's a policy that someone's writing in from us that may have some relevance to this. Someone else said, I've heard studies that show that a higher organic CTR occurs when a site is on SERPs organically and PPC. Uh, there's a lot of questions coming in. I'm looking at this from Jacob. Jacob, write us more and try to help us understand what you're trying to say there, okay? Um, there's many questions here which I think require more time than we have to answer, so I'm going to look at one of the most critical ones that comes in and see if we can and get that possible. Aaron, what's the top three things you would recommend to do when you find that the search term that was successful for you before has become so competitive, you find yourself being priced out of purchasing it. What do you typically do at that point, from a tactical standpoint? Sure, uh, and, and assuming that I've exhausted all, uh, you know, all, all testing methods that I, I, no matter what I'm testing, ad creative, uh, landing page. Wait a second. You need, we need to know what you're testing. That's actually part of the answer. Well, what would you do? When you see the comp, what's the first thing you do when competition comes in and starts going after that same keyword? Right, and and that is that is to, uh, to honestly to look at what they're doing and see if 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 for some reason since I'm no longer profitable in it, they're doing something that's smarter than what I am doing. And in that instance, I, I would want to I would want to test uh, if it's a, if it's a, if it's the ad creation or the ad variation where they're getting higher click through rate on their ad, and uh, and I can't be uh, I can't. Uh, I can't receive the same amount of clicks or the same of volume for the for the same bid. Then uh, I would look at I would look at testing new variations of uh, of my ad. If it's uh, if it's I'm not getting the, the I can get the clicks, but I, I just can't make the sales. If, if if I'm just not getting the conversion, I would focus on the landing page. And if it comes to that point where I've exhausted those two opportunities or uh, those two testing testing methods, then then I would look at the keyword itself. And I would I would break it down and I would get a little bit more granular and try to uh, try to to grab some of that you know it, it's very give me an example to say long tail uh, long tail keyword traffic but that's what you'd be looking for uh, an example Flint would be uh, if, um, if 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 the term was business computer uh, I might you know you might uh, break that down to uh, to say, I'm looking for a, a small business computer, 
or I'm looking for a, uh, a uh, second-hand business computer or used business computer, and go after those particular go after those particular keywords as opposed to as opposed to going after the business computer phrase that you had currently been profitable on and could no longer make money on. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, I know you probably have more to say in this subject. We've got more research coming, pay search studies. We've got more coming on versioning content. We've got more coming on landing page optimization. Um, we're in the middle of writing a landing page optimization guide over at Marketing Sherpa, which may have a lot of help for you coming up. But I just want to thank you for your trust. We're going to keep trying. If you'll just take a moment before you log out and tell us if this was helpful, it will give us guidance for how we prepare the next session for you. We're going to keep working very hard here to discover what works and keep trying to share it with you. And we... We're really grateful when you tell a friend about us. Uh, so thank you all, and uh, we shall uh, be back again in two weeks with more research and more data.